Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy International Women's Day. I am Rachel Nix, and I had the support of two of my dear friends to go live tonight as I recorded episode four of the Birth Queen podcast. So welcome to the Birth Queen podcast. Um, Today is a very special day because not only is it International Women's Day, it is the second anniversary of Birth Queen. So my sons were six months and three years old when I launched Birth Queen. And it was a magical day. I remember I was in Los Angeles and I um, had filed all my paperwork and my attorney called me and said, you know, I, you're not going to believe this. Like, I have never seen anyone get their paperwork back this fast. Honestly, you guys, I think it was it was less than two weeks, maybe seven to 10 business days max that I received my EIN. And because it was International Women's Day, I told myself, you know what, Rachel, this is a sign. You literally decided to do this. And I feel like it was a sign that you got, you know, legitimized on International Women's Day with a nonprofit that's all about empowering women. So for those of you who don't know, Birth Queen was founded to combat the Black maternal health crisis. But as I sit here in my furry pajamas, my glittery heels with my diamond-encrusted flute and my bottle of champagne that I'm popping, so go ahead and grab your drink, um, this nonprofit has far more to do with just making sure that Black women survive. It is imperative to me that we reconnect to our abundance of Mother Africa not only the abundance as it is the most resourced continent in the world, but also the joy. Often the narrative with black people is not that of joy or abundance. And I'm not into it and I'm not here for it. I'm real over the survival narrative. So with that said, go ahead, light some incense, light a candle, and just take a moment to center yourself. Whether you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast or watching this live, go ahead Light your candle, and I want you to just take a deep breath and exhale. Uh, a friend of mine, when I was recording an audition today, said, have you taken a deep breath today, Rachel? And I said, yeah, I'm breathing. <laughs> and he said, no, have you taken a deep breath? And often, as women, I don't feel we have permission or time or space to do that. So I am giving you permission in this moment to just take a deep breath. And as you take your breath, I'm gonna pop a bottle. So this bottle is very special. My dear friend, mentee Amani and her boyfriend bought this for me when they came to visit. And number one, um, a now loud secret because it's in the public, but Rick Ross is like my my loud secret fantasy boyfriend. So, you know, just shout out to Rick Ross. So this is a bottle of Bel Air and it says richer than I've ever been. 
And it's super symbolic because I feel richer in my spirit than I've ever felt in my life. And the theme of 23 is I'm doing me in 23. So we're going to pop this bottle to symbolize not only the second anniversary of Birth Queen, not only International Women's Day, but I'm celebrating me, Rachel Nix, um, for really pouring into myself and having the courage to share my dreams with you and take risks. There's... This whole episode, as I stutter, <laughs> is really inspired by a dear friend of mine who I refer to as Dimples. And honestly, at this point, he's kind of become my therapist. He lets me run my mouth and then, or cry. And then he says about three sentences or two, sometimes even just one. <laughs> and I feel so much better. Um, what I realized is I have really been blessed by God to finally be surrounded by people who see me. And what I'm feeling is the difference between how I feel when I'm sharing time and space with people who see me and now when I share time and space with people who don't. And for most of my life, I've been surrounded by a lot of people who don't see me. And I'm realizing that I wasn't fully grounded as a result of exerting too much energy and trying to satisfy this idea of who Rachel should be. You know, I was trying to be the goody two shoes Catholic schoolgirl and be have straight A's and be in student government and play every sport and be in theater and have a boyfriend and dream of getting married and having a house and having two kids. And I've accomplished having a job you know, a great job at a corporation. I've accomplished buying a house. I've accomplished having two kids. I've accomplished getting married twice. Um, and realizing that, you know what? Why am I so worried about what other people want for me? What do I want? And what I can clearly say to you is throughout my entire life, I have had this fire inside of me. I love hard um, I crave connecting on a soul level with humans. And I know that <laughs> causes some people to be like, kind of do the matrix with me because they're like, okay, you see my soul. And I'm not really sure that I want you to see my soul because I don't know if I want to see my soul. And I'm like, don't you want to see your soul? I want to see your soul. I see your soul. Let's see souls together. Um, so with my work, everything that I do is rooted in truth is rooted in love and change. So if you peel like the layers of my onion, I'm not okay unless I'm affecting change in my community, right? And what's interesting, the most uh, proud title or crown that I, that I wear proudly is mother, truly. My boys have totally completed the mother crown of Rachel Nix. Um, but there's so much more to me, right? And what has always been important to me in any facet of my life is that I come first. And, and like a crown that is a circle, it's important that I feel whole. And if I kind of overdrive too much into one crown or arena of my life, I feel off kilter. And 
I want to highlight on International Women's Day, right? Not only the women, but especially the mothers. It is very difficult to give yourself permission to put yourself first. You know, when I was young, my mom would always say, you know, because I was always like in love and in some serious relationship. And she was like, girl, now is the time to be selfish. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate my mom for saying that. But that word selfish has a negative connotation. So what I, with now these almost 39 years of living, it's not being selfish. It's prioritizing yourself so you can be whole. Because if I'm not whole, I can't fully execute anything successfully or enjoyably in my life. Um, And so what I'm tenacious about as Rachel, as a mother, as a worker, as whatever I am, is making sure I'm good first. Because if I am not good, no one else will be. And so I really am staring into the camera talking directly into the mic to all the women because we are naturally right nurturers and especially mothers please 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 take a second right now grab a post it take your note out on your phone and write to yourself i am worthy of coming first you may receive criticism or judgment for taking care of yourself but who cares right? Because if you're not good, no one, no one, none of this can go. (laughs) Like, you know, if you think about ancient civilizations that were ruled by queens in Africa, let me tell you, baby, they sat on their throne with their crown intact and they delegated tasks, right? They didn't run around crazy doing all the things. So what's happened is we now as women feel like, we can do all the things, which goes back to, we gonna go all the places tonight, y'all. So I'm gonna take a little sip. Okay, hold on. I was just at the Aspen Institute um, for a, a weekend called a, a Socrates Seminar. It was an intense yet magical experience with this incredible professor, Michelle Goodwin. And the topic was reproductive, just, uh, reproductive rights in the justice system. What I need every woman to understand in this country, every woman, not black women, every single woman in this country needs to be clear, and men, that it was designed that no woman had rights in this country or bodily autonomy in this country. So that is literally like the foundation of the United States of America. So until we're really willing to understand what the the shitty, toxic, trash foundation that was set for us as women, we can't really understand the impact, right? So I'm big about understanding what is the inception. We can't fix a problem if we don't know how it started. And so with Black maternal health, we have to understand that this is rooted in slavery, right? That the Black woman's body has been exploited from the beginning of this country's history, and it continues on. And shout out to the white women, please believe you were not a priority either. So it's imperative that we all come together and demand bodily autonomy, demand that we have a voice, demand that we do what the fuck we want to do when we want to do it and how we want to do it because we have every right to. And what I believe is that men took power away from us because they saw our power. You don't have to take something from someone that they don't have. So 
the other thing I want you to realize is although we we have been disempowered, that's because that's by design because you're a queen, right? So it's like if I go into an empty trash can, there's nothing to take out of it. Right? I'm just going to walk right by it because there's nothing to give. Um, so don't feel like you don't have anything. If someone's trying to suppress you, it's because they see your magic. And so I want us all to walk around understanding that you are magic. Women are magic, period. Um, and I've said this before and I want to in the first episode, but I want to highlight because I know there are women listening to this that not, have not given birth to children. You are still a birth queen. Women give birth to things throughout their life, right? Um, so honor that capacity within yourself um, because it's truly magic. Um, so I was encouraged by my friend Dimples. <laughs> the other day I was sharing um, all the things I'm doing. And often my friends are like, what, what are you doing? How many things are you doing? How can you do all that you do? And so if I'm honest, I received judgment by a person very close to me who is saying, you know, I know you got all these things going on in your life, but like, when are you going to get a real job? And when are you going to like, you know, I just want to make sure you're on the right track. And I was literally on set shooting a movie <laughs> when I received this text. But it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, am I not enough? Like, I am working and I do kind of have like five jobs. But what I realized in that moment is that to that individual, what I'm doing isn't... Um, safe, isn't traditional, isn't right. And in that moment, although it pushed me into a full meltdown on set, um, I was caused to digest and unpack why it hit me so hard. And I believe why it hit me so hard is that I've realized that I have been so concerned with satisfying um, the good girl role um, and making sure that everyone else felt safe around me or accepted me or felt comfortable. And although other people's comfort certainly is important, mine should come first. And I trust myself. I love myself and I'm the happiest I've ever been, period. <laughs> I have two incredible little boys who are the most energetic, intelligent challengers of my daily change. Um, they, they give me the option to grow every day and just be a better person and I will forever be grateful to them. And certainly when they realize all that mommy does, I hope they're super proud of me. Um, and they're my why. My other why is certainly creating change in my community through Birth Queen, through my acting, through my friendships, through my dynamic relationships in my family. 
And I realized change is something that I'm really comfortable with. I think <laughs> after enduring four years at Juilliard and getting, you know, notes, the stack of, you know, the the size of a Bible every day, <laughs> you you get kind of, I don't know, thick skin. Um, but I learned like I want to change. I want to grow. I seek that out and I have committed to staying open in life and what that means is that it's not that I don't feel pain or disappointment, frustration. It means that I am open to let light in, to let love in, to let joy in. And I take it and I accept it and I enjoy it for that moment. Um, so I want to update you on some exciting stuff that's going on with Birth Queen. So as some of you guys know, I ended my journey um, at the be- end of this year with Mir and Lululemon, and I decided to deep dive into Birth Queen because it's my baby girl and I love her dearly. And I've been planting some beautiful seeds and have met some really, really incredible people. So to give you kind of a timeline, since it is the second anniversary, I launched March 8th of 21 within... A week or two, I became a member of Concordia. I got a fiscal sponsor. Within six months, I was speaking at a global stage at Concordia Summit at the UN Convening. That conference legitimately changed my life. Meeting people, you know, from all over the world who were committed to change um, the way I was, was magic. Like I was like, I'm not a weirdo or I am. And there's other weirdos here with me. Yes. (laughs) It's like, I met my people. And so truly since then I've been going to various conferences, um, and just meeting like-minded individuals who have understood my vision and believed in it and have been beyond willing to support me and encourage me at, even at times when I was like, what, can I do this? (laughs) Um, And not only can I do this, I am doing it and I'm doing it my way. And so I remember when I founded it, of course, I got a lot of people like, well, what do you do? What does Birth Queen do? And why is it different? And well, how much money do you want to raise? And how much money have you raised? And it was this very, some people, it was like, it was I just felt like I needed to Alexanderize for all the theater nerds. You guys know what that is. I was like, I'm like, this This is not the energy that I'm really feeling right now. All of this critical, this is the way you do a nonprofit. I'm like, well, I'm going to do a nonprofit the way I want to do it. And interestingly, of course, most people would think that if you found a nonprofit, you definitely need a lot of money. Sure. For me, the money piece was something that I was like, you know what? It's going to come. And what was more important is laying a really strong foundation, making sure that I align with birth workers that are doing amazing work in the community, learn you know, what it is that they need and how I can be of service. So often when I meet birth workers and I tell them, like, they're like, okay, well, what do you want? I was like, no, I'm here for you to tell me what it is you need, queen. And, and whatever resources I have, I will give, share, because there's enough for all of us, right? Um, and I have the privilege of knowing people cross sectors. And my approach with Birth Queen is to end the, the, end the siloed approach to change. 
I just think we're stronger together, stronger together, pulling resources together financially, stronger together, pulling resources, you know, together to affect change, um, you know, in government and on down the line. Um, and what's, what's coming to mind also is I'm very conscious of, you know, I'm from Oakland, California and I, I live in New York city. So I want to make sure that every one feels seen throughout this country, right? Um, not just in the big cities because there's black people everywhere and black women are dying everywhere, right? Even the most resourced black women are dying. And, and if you're unclear about why we're dying, it's because we are not respected. People are racist. They don't listen to us. Period. The end. Racism is killing black women in childbirth. The end. But I also want to highlight, please believe Yes, there is a black maternal health crisis, but America, our maternal mortality rates are that of developing countries. So sorry to say, white women, you're dying too. It's not just black women. So we all need to be invested in making sure that we're not only um, providing education and resources and protection to birthing people, but we're really supporting them so that they thrive throughout motherhood. Because if you have a traumatic birth experience, that's going to forever color your entire life and that of your children, right? So this whole thing, like I'm going to stamp and, you know, and check a box off that I, I you know, um, released a mom and baby alive, that's not enough, right? I feel like cows get more dignity before they're slaughtered and we get less delivering life is quite confusing. Um so yeah, I um, am excited to announce for my LA folks, I'm going to be in LA from April 14th to the 20th, um, spending most of Black Maternal Health Week there. Um, I'm curating a special dinner from some special birth queens, and that's going to be my new thing. Um, very special dinners for very special birth queens uh, to create space to come together as birth queens to heal to amplify the work and to fundraise and affect change. Um, now, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like avoiding answering the all the things I'm doing. For anyone that has a dream or an idea, say for a nonprofit or a business, I'm at this point doing all the things. So I'm running my nonprofit. I'm auditioning and working as an actor. I'm mothering my two children. I'm about to launch another piece of business that you'll find out about my on my birthday, March 19th. I launched my own podcast. I decided, you know what? Why not build a studio in my home, right? What I'm realizing, and truly I feel like God is forcing on me whether I want to deal with it or not, is that I am enough. And everything that I want to do, I can do and I can make it happen. Now, I hear my girlfriend, Alicia, being like, that, that's one thing with Rachel. She she going to get some shit done. <laughs> she texts. We have a group text and she texts that this week and I giggled. And I, I guess I get shit done. But I'm like, per my friend Dimples, he was like, well, how, how do you do that, Rachel? You just told me you wanted to be in LA. Now you going to LA, you hosting an event, and now you've planned like two more events. Um, so how do I do that? 
I, I can say, I can say this. So as an actor, I'm a Juilliard grad, fancy, fancy pants, fine, fine, fine. Um, advocating for myself to get work as an actor is something I never did. It made me feel very uncomfortable and I just didn't do it. But there's something about the work of Birth Queen, knowing that my black people are dying at the most vulnerable and beautiful time of their lives. It's unleashed this zero fucks given in me where I literally am like, this is what I need. This is why I need it because women are dying. And I don't want to wait until we have this perfect plan or this beautiful campaign to like execute and then it falls flat. I want to get to work. Let's get to work and do something today. So I text people at inappropriate hours <laughs> when I have ideas. I email, I, I, you know, have visions that come to me at four or five in the morning. I write them down and I activate immediately because I believe that God brings me the people that I need to connect with and gives me the ideas that I need at that like magic hour. What do they call that hour? Like four or five in the morning. Um, and, and what I can say is I'm in my flow. So I think too, I have been in a place where I felt very stuck, right? Like my throat chakra was locked. My heart was in pain. My shoulders were weighed down and I did the work to get that off of me, right? I got rid of dead weight. I got rid of any kind of shackle of, of friend, of lover, of whatever I needed to do, of work, anything that was not in alignment with Rachel, I got rid of. So listen, this is not like everybody, like Beyonce's like, go quit your job. I mean, I don't know that she was completely wrong about that, but um, if it's not in alignment with who you are, it's not to say now you're going to go launch a nonprofit or your own business, or maybe you will, but Dare to dream really big and find the people in your life that see you and don't like just kind of poo-poo your ideas as like, oh, that's cute. No, if there are people around you doing that, then they're not, they don't love you and know what real love is. Real love is going to push you out of your comfort zone and help you elevate to your highest self. And so only Spend time around those people. And when you do that, to me, you get rid of negativity, you get rid of weight, you get rid of naysayers that are pouring, you know, this like, um, well, what if? Well, what if the shit works? It, it, it either works or it doesn't, right? So I think a lot of us are like, let me think of every wrong thing that can happen with this dream of mine. I believe what why I'm able to do what I do is I have a dream, a vision, an idea, and I'm like, it's going to work. I don't have this little devil on my shoulder that's like, well, why would you do that? Who, did, who the fuck do you think you are, girl? Why would you do? I don't, I don't have that. But it's not that there's not moments where I'm like, ooh, child, I got a lot of bills. I got a lot of responsibilities. I'm tired. All of that. Sure. I feel the weight of responsibility because I'm doing everything on my own, but I don't question myself. 
And what I give to you is do not let anybody, do not let yourself question yourself and don't let nobody else question you. Diane Carroll had a quote like, don't ask me why. Why not? And it's so true. You get one life. I, I My friend, when we were talking, he's like, okay, what's half of 150? Are most of us living to 100? No. So middle age or midlife is not really 50. It's maybe 40, maybe 35 for some of us. So when are you going to start living your life to the fullest? What are you waiting for? The worst that's going to happen is that it doesn't go according to plan. And that that is a key thing for me as well. I, I remember growing up, I, I am a nerd, straight A student. I thrived this weekend at the seminar. I wasn't, I was so happy. I had like 200, you know, pages of homework and case study. And, you know, we're sitting in a classroom, I'm taking all the notes. I love all of that stuff. What I didn't ever like is when people are like, what's your five-year plan? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, while I was at Juilliard or after graduating, well, whose career do you want? I don't, nobody's. I don't know. Like I'm figuring it out as I go. And so even with my parenting, I've read books. I do a lot of research about a lot of different things that I do, but I use it to fill my toolbox so that if I need a tool because the other one's not working, I swap it out. I don't waste time going, oh my God, that tool didn't work. I'm a horrible person. It's a waste of time. I, Wendy Waterman at Juilliard, when I was stressed about voice and speech that I still probably suck out after all my parents spent that money at Juilliard, you know, I would be so stressed because I was, I just, you know, all that Catholic school, I wanted to get it right. And that, that's not, that's not real. Get right to whom, right? I'm an actor. I'm an artist. There is no right or wrong to that. Um, there's a choice. So I think that's the other thing is make a choice, commit. And here's the thing. When you commit and make a choice, it makes you vulnerable, right? One of the best auditions I ever did for Broadway was Jitney. I killed that shit and I didn't get the job. But I left knowing I did my best and I was proud of myself. We do this thing in life where we're like, if I kind of half-assed it a bit, well, at least I didn't give it my all. Like, do you want to live a half-assed life? Do you know? Like, what is, where is the win in that? My thing is if you full throttle, if you give your all, and then it's amazing, <laughs> isn't that worth it? You'll trip, you'll fall, you'll, you know, scrape your elbow. It's just like being a mother to your kids, right? They get boo-boos. This life is full of boo-boos, but that's all they're, they are, Right? You get your boo-boo bear, you put some ice on it, you put some neosporin on it. And when you adult, you take a little shot of something, a sip of something, puff of something and keep it pushing. That's it. Don't let the negativity keep you there. And so another book that I love, I want to share two books that I'm like obsessed with um, and that I was reading and I was like, yes, this is me. Like they get it. <laughs> I totally get this. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Um, and the concept of this book is, is to me, what I really um, take away from it is to stay open. So there's this whole section about a person that experiences a trauma, a fear, a disappointment, right? 
And they, they go into a room and they close the door and they lock it with the intent of locking out pain and darkness. But what they've actually done is locked in the pain and locked in the darkness because you can't have light in a dark room. You have to open the shades and open the door. But what happens is we feel if we open that door, we're letting in darkness. No, no, no. What I have always lived my life saying is if I keep that door open, I'm staying open for love. I'm staying open for blessings. I'm staying open for opportunity. I'm staying open for growth and change. Now, I'm not saying to grow and to change isn't painful. It's like running a marathon. That shit is not easy, right? But millions of people do it all the time. I, I ain't running no marathon. I'm like, I don't need my body to burn like that. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let, it, let it burn in other ways, but that ain't it. Um, and so it's like a lot of us go and exercise and endure that challenge of change. So why not endure the challenge of change in your life? Bet on you, do you don't worry about everybody else. And in this world of social media, please know people ain't telling the whole truth. Damn it. I ain't telling you the whole truth for reasons. I tell you a lot, but there's some stuff that's not your business, right? And it's, it's my business for my life and my close circle. But trust and believe, I have pain, I have disappointment. I do, I do, I do. And what I choose to do every day when I get up in the morning and I walk my kids to school is I thank God that my kids' school is across the street. I literally sound, I feel like I'm an old black woman. I'm like, count your blessings, baby. But I do. I count my blessings. I love my home. I love my children. I love that I no longer have to drive my children to work in the morning. I love that I can work from home in my sweats and then go work out and come back. I give myself permission to take Zoom calls looking like this or looking like I just finished a workout or rolled out of bed and dropped my kids off at school because that's the truth. So it's also giving my pers myself permission to show up who I am in every space that I'm in. And if when you show up in a space, people don't want to see you, it ain't where you're supposed to be. So leave. Don't force your way in to a space that you're not welcome. Right? Like trust and believe. I think God knew not to have me grow up during Jim Crow. But if it said whites only, then I'd be like, y'all go ahead and have fun. I don't want to be there if you don't want me there. That's not a problem. Your ignorance is not my problem, right? So I think we live life worried about the affirmation and acceptance of other people that should not matter to you. Because who are they, really? Right? And I, 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 am, I can say this to you because I'm guilty of it, right? And so to bring it back to my work and how I do all that I do is I'm, I'm fearless about people's opinion of me because I have extreme clarity about who I am and my why. And Michelle Goodwin and I had the pleasure of like, her flight was canceled in Aspen and then we got this long ride together and I, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she's gonna ride in the car with me. I was like fangirling, I was so excited. And she took a nap, but then she woke up and she said, um, I hope I get this right, Michelle. You know, she said, I think the most important thing for a woman to have is discernment. Let that settle. Like, what is what does that ignite for you? That the word discernment, even even to to say discernment, 
it's it's a very strong, clear, empowered word. And for women in particular, we are not encouraged to stay in our power, to activate our voice, to share our opinion. And often I, honestly, my parents joke, they're like, I, I don't know, we just brought her here. I always remember having clarity and strength in voice, even volume. My dad would always be like, bring it down. I'm like, why? I love my father. And why are you telling me to be quiet? I don't think he was even conscious. And I'm unpacking this for myself. Why is it that a man is telling me to be quiet? I don't need to be quiet. For what? For who? I believe now, to break it down, I'm not ignorant. In the black community, often we are very protective of our, our children to keep them alive, right? Taking it back to slavery and Jim Crow. You know, you can't look a certain way, talk a certain way or whatever. But I existed at a time because God knew I might not have existed very long back in the day because I'm here, I believe, to dispel the bullshit. I am not living a safe life. A traditional, acceptable life to the masses. And that feels right to me. So I, I, I offer this. Ask yourself why when you're like, you know, we should have dinner at eight o'clock. We should all sit at the dining room table and have dinner. Everybody needs to be in bed by 7.30. Everybody has to shower before bed. Everybody has to brush their teeth in the morning and at night. Like, you know, some of that's hygiene stuff, but you, get, you gather what I'm saying. Question your story. Who gave that to you? I have to get married before I have a kid. Why? I have to stay married even though it's abusive. Do you? Do it for the kids. Is it for the kids? These are the things that I challenge you to, to question, to ask yourself. Because what I can tell you is that as a woman who is living a non-traditional life, it's working. I'm in my flow. I'm happy. My boys are thriving. I'm thriving. My nonprofit is thriving. And I really feel it's about to take the fuck off in every possible, beautiful, effective way. Not financially only. Sure. Do I think that's coming? Not just to have Instagram followers because Lord knows I could, could care less. I need my life to be rooted in truth, to be rooted in good, to be rooted in change, to be rooted in community, to be rooted in empowerment, not just for myself, for my boys, but for humanity. That feels good to me. Is there risk involved? Sure. Right. Um, oof. Can we can we touch on something, ladies? Mm. So I think I'm going to touch on this and we're going to stop because I've been talking long enough. Oh, child. So I had a meeting with my friend Lauren and she was 
telling me these statistics about men not being able to handle strong, achieving, earning women. And then that night, she had all these statistics about it. And then that night, I saw a quote that literally was like, if women earn under 40% of their husband's salary, it was more like a husband and wife research. If women earn under 40% of their husband's salary, the man is happy. As soon as she starts to earn more than that, their marriage starts to dissolve, right? Divorce rates go up, cheating rates go up, happiness rates plummet for the man. And then they hit me with this. I was like, what? They said that every single time a woman achieves, it like takes a chip at his happiness, his security, and his ego. Child, I was at that table like, well, goddamn, I guess I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Because that's one thing, as my girlfriend Alicia said, Rachel going to get shit done. So any man <laughs> um, that wants to share space and time with me in whatever capacity, no, I'm about to achieve. And if that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, go ahead and sit down and stay up out my lane. Okay? I don't want you around because <laughs> I'm going to get it done. And what I want every woman to do, please, the young women... If you're old and still want a relationship, don't you dare limit yourself or quiet yourself or dim your damn light for nobody. Not your mama, not your daddy, not any man. Please, like for, for everybody in the back, front and center, it is not okay to stop being who you are for anyone. But for certain, you know, a lot of men nowadays are like, oh, I'm a feminist. I let her do whatever she wants. <clears throat> Excuse me, run that back. Let you let you let you let her do what? So I know I like opened up a can of um of things so you could maybe pour another sip or puff another sub or chew on something. But it's important that I'm the person that talks about things that people are probably afraid to talk about, and I just want to you know to put that in the room because I it was like hard research that literally had me at my dining room table like wanting to slip my wrists. And then I got a call back for Broadway and then I did a good job, but then I didn't book it, but it was fine. <laughs> but I think that's also funny. I can end here because I, I talked about this quote that um, Jeremy Pope's therapist said to him. He was like, man, I'm just tired of these high highs and these low lows. And she said, okay, so what is a heartbeat? What does it look like? He was like, it goes up and it goes down. She's like, okay, well, what's the middle? He was like, a flat line. She's like, okay, you want a flat line life? Most of us are seeking out a flatline life. I don't seek a flatline. So there are highs, there are lows, but to me, just enjoy each journey you're in. It's the peak or the valley. There's a lesson in both. And don't try to hold on to either one. So in closing on International Women's Day, please just, you know, put your crown intact no matter where you are in your journey. Look in the mirror, love on yourself. As Mary J. Blige said, say good morning, gorgeous to yourself every morning with no makeup on, right? See yourself because when you see yourself, then it allows us to see you. There's nothing about you that you need to hide. Those bruises, those boo-boos, they, they give you character. They teach you lessons. Let the boo-boos propel you, not stop you. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back. 
and happy anniversary, Birth Queen. Bye.